For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Hello, and welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show that helps you live your best life and reach for the stars. And it is Therapy Thursday, one of my favorite weeks of the month, uh, where we actually dive in usually with somebody who wants to work through an issue onto one of the issues that people are really struggling with today. So I'll tell you a little about that in a moment. I want to remind you to feel free to call into the show if you have questions for my guest or for myself at one 866 472-5792. As usual, we have a prize if somebody does call in with a question. Uh, we have, if you live in Montreal, we have a gift certificate to a local spa, so feel free to call in. We are not streaming today. Uh, when we do Therapy Thursday, we do not stream because it is almost like a therapy session. So um, it's, you know, a little bit a little bit more serious, I suppose, than when we stream, although we're, we're serious when we stream also, but it gets a little bit more intense. Um, okay, so th- let's talk about the topic, and then I'll welcome my guest. Um, the topic is one that shows up a lot for people, is living your life fear-based versus living a courage-resilient-based lifestyle. And I think we all face this challenge because with every decision and every situation that comes up, there's always this question of whether you go in the direction of fear or whether you go in the direction to reach for the stars. And it's hard because it's a scary world out there. So first of all, I'm going to welcome my guest. It is Robert. Welcome back to the show, Robert. Thank you for having me back, Sandra. Oh, it's a pleasure, and thank you so much, as always, opening up and being so honest about your own process. Now, I know fear has been a very big thing for you, which is how we came up with this topic. Can you tell us a little bit about how you feel fear has impacted your life? Yes. um, Well, fear has impacted my life in that I tend to make fear-based decisions. I tend Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, listen to my fear and instead of, like, you know, questioning my fear, I tend to, like, listen to it and, and take it as fact. So uh, it's been a struggle listening to my fear and, and trusting my fear and making fear-based decisions has been a real struggle for me. Well, I can understand that. But l- let's play devil's advocate for a moment. Is when you make fear-based decisions, I'm sure many people listening would say, well, then you keep yourself safe. What's wrong with that? So how has making fear-based decisions hurt you? I mean, maybe it's protected you. You know, in some cases, maybe it has protected me, but in some cases, I'm sure it hasn't protected me. I, I mean, let's just say I'm scared to get lost, so I won't, uh, I won't try a new restaurant, um, or I'm scared to take an elevator, 
So I'm taking 10 flights of stairs. So in some cases, maybe it's protecting me. But in a lot of cases, I think it's actually preventing me from moving forward with my life. Well, I'd love to talk about those examples. Um, let's just com- make a little com- comparison between the two things we're talking about. So, um, you know, Thomas uh, Roosevelt said there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And um, basically that it's a mindset. And then Edison says, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work, which means that if you're going to do a courage, courage-based, resilient lifestyle, you're going to hit a lot of walls. So if we take your example, you know, um, you're afraid of getting lost, for example. So there's no question that if you started to overcome that fear, you probably would get lost quite often. Um, I guess w- what we'd want to put out there for your consideration is what is the price tag, though, of protecting yourself from getting lost? Well, I think that, you know, we, you spoke a lot about being in a comfort zone. So I yeah. think it really is, you know, staying safe, staying in a comfort zone, which is very um, alluring to a point because not getting, lo- getting lost is not a good feeling. So not getting lost feels comfortable. Right. Right. I get that. So if you... Don't get lost, you stay comfortable, but what do you miss out on by avoiding, I suppose avoidance goes with this, avoiding going places that you're afraid to go? What's the price tag? Because, you know, I think that fear and fear-based decisions are so easy to convince ourselves of. So we have to look at what does it cost you to avoid, let's say, going somewhere that you're not familiar with that, you know, could possibly get you lost. Well, I guess in, in the case, the price tag would be um, I don't get to try that new restaurant. I don't get to experience this new uh, possibility of another place I would like to go to. So the price tag really is my world becomes smaller. My The world around me is what I know. It's like my neighborhood and everything outside that I don't know. My price tag is my world is quite small. Okay. So, and I, I you know, knowing you a little bit, I know that, Um, you're sort of conflicted like most people with fear is that on the one hand, um, you really love comfort zone. And on the other hand, I think that you're really a guy who would, who doesn't want your world to be small. You want to see the world. You want to get out there and do things. Um, So it must create sometimes, and I I happen to know it has created at times conflict for you, which probably leads to somewhat of an anxiety response because if there's a conflict, then you've got a dilemma. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and it's, it's not fun because, you know, you have this dilemma. I, I like to call it my two wolves. So I have okay. this wolf that, yeah, I have this wolf that's like, yeah, let's go. Let's try that new place. Let's, let's do this. Let's do that. And then I have this other wolf that's telling me, okay, but if you do that, you're going to get lost. You know, you've never been there before. It's not worth it. You could try the restaurant that you already know. Plus, you know that it's good. So uh, the anxiety that I have is internal. It's so internal because I have a struggle within me that's like, which wolf do I trust? And then you tend to trust the wolf that you know, which is the wolf that tells me go to the restaurant next to your house, not the one someplace far away. Okay. And when that happens to you, does that manifest in symptoms of anxiety? Absolutely. Can you tell us? And then what I do is I avoid. So, um... And I know from you that the friend of anxiety is avoidance, and I tend to avoid. So I'll just say, I'll just like, oh, I won't go to that place. I won't do that. And then that does cause me to feel anxious because I kind of feel, um, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm stuck. 
I'm, I'm not moving forward. I'm, I'm, I'm not able to get where I want to go. So that creates anxiety for me. I, I don't feel I'm moving in the right direction, although I'm comfortable. Although that, that must really be a terrible feeling then because you're comfortable, but yet there's anxiety symptoms showing up. That's got to feel pretty unpleasant. It does. I call it, I named it myself for myself. I call it comfortably uncomfortable. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Comfortably uncomfortable. Yeah. So when you're comfortably uncomfortable and you're getting these anxiety symptoms, what does that look like? Are you like ruminating, thinking about, did I make the right decision? What's going on for you at that time? I'm thinking, um, well, I, I, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you, you should just do it. Why are you always holding yourself back? How are you going to get anywhere in life? You can't even try some restaurant that's in town. How do you ever see the world? So you start to feel like very, um, I think it affected my self-esteem. It feels very like, um, very limiting. It makes me feel like, wow, my, 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 my world is very limited into what I can do. And it makes me feel very limited. Even though I have the ability to travel and do all this stuff, it makes me feel like I don't have the ability to do it because I'm not doing it. So it makes me feel bad about myself and it makes me feel anxious. I think it's interesting that you brought up self-esteem. So um, I think that's an important point because resiliency and efficacy is related to self-esteem. So I really definitely think we're going to get that to that in the hour. So stay tuned on that. Um, I think it's so, you know, as always, I always tell you this, Robert, it's very courageous of you to talk about this because there's so many people who feel this way. And I'm hoping to go through some of the dangers of fear-based decisions. Now, um, you know, preparing for the show, I did a little research. So um, I saw research study that shows that 17% of people surveyed say they make many of their ethical decisions out of fear. I was really amazed by that. So that means like we have even our values and our ethics, but if fear comes up, it can even overtake our fundamental values and ethics. But I'm kind of understanding it, having had fears myself and listening to you, because when you're getting panic attack or anxiety symptoms, all you want is to get away from the feeling, right? Of course, yes. Okay, so, and, and from a psychological point of view, the limbic system is being activated, which is the fight or flight part of your brain. And so I guess that in a way, one could argue that our ethics and, and our thoughts are not always there when we're having a fight or flight response. Has that been your experience, Robert? You know, yes, I'll be honest, that has been my experience. So I totally relate to what you're saying. And it really, you know, resonates with me. And it's making me even see even more clearly how... I need to treat this this anxiety. I need to treat it. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. But you I said think... you said I know that anxiety is highly treatable. It is highly treatable, um, and you know you're really you're so honest about it. And the thing is, it's highly treatable. But the problem is, it's exactly I love your phrase, comfortably uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's highly treatable, but it still requires moving with help towards the things you're afraid of and not throwing yourself into a swimming pool, which is what a lot of people do. We'll talk about the typical behaviors on the other side of the break that people do when they make fear-based decision. And I'll, I'll give you a hint. One of them is they procrastinate and they avoid because in fact, that way they don't have to make the decision. So they sort of feel they're not really avoiding or procrastinating. They're just not doing anything. Um, And of course, as you know, that builds up anxiety in the body. 
So yeah, it's very, very treatable. And I think even in the conversation today, you're making some connections yourself and hopefully we're resonating with others um, about the difference of the choices because I don't really think anyone, including myself, I far be it for me to say I don't have fear. I think we all have fear. And I think when there's change and when um, there's things we have to try that we haven't tried before or life just happens, things get thrown at you. I think that fear is a very strong thing that comes up and it's completely normal. It's Uh what happens next that's very interesting. So hold on a second, Rob, and hold on, everybody. We'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We'll be back with strategies to let go of fear-based decisions and move towards resiliency. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Welcome 
We are back talking about fear-based life versus a life of resilience and I think reaching for the stars. So uh, Robert was talking to us about, you know, anxiety responses and what goes on when you make fear-based decisions. We were using the example of getting lost somewhere. I've actually been with you uh, when we've gotten lost. Um, mm-hmm. Never a fun, not a fun experience to get lost for anyone. Um, no. And but we're you know I'd like to work through some strategies on how to target fear and how to beat it. Um, in general, we have to start by recognizing uh, how fear starts to work. Now, one of the things that is shows up for people who are fear based is they tend to procrastinate. We have an idea of who we'd like to be, and then we sort of feel like someone else is going to come along and do the work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fear has to do with starting whatever it is you want to start. And what happens is if we go underneath it, actually, I won't give you the answer. Do you agree with, first of all, about the procrastination factor? Oh my goodness, a hundred percent. I am the like biggest procrastinator when it comes to like doing something because I want to avoid so badly my discomfort that I'm mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I'll do that later. You know, I'll try another time. Complete procrastinator, which I know I'm never going to end up doing. Well, at least you know that you're not going to do it because part of the problem is that when we say we'll do it later, it really actually never, you're not setting any kind of timeline. It never really happens. So that's a big clue. Now, underneath that, if we could explore, and I think it would be really great if we got you there because maybe we'll get people there at the same time. Let's try to put our heads together and try to understand why do you procrastinate? What's that all about? Well, it's to me, the procrastination is to avoid the discomfort. So by not doing it and like saying, oh, I'll do it later, in a way I'm telling myself, okay, I got it, I got it, I'll do it, I'll do it. It's almost like a false sense of like, like control, like I got this covered. So yeah, right. yeah, I'll do it like later. So I procrastinate, but I know I'm not going to do it. So it's, to me, I do it just because it makes me feel a little bit better that I say I'm going to do it later than not say I'm going to do it at all. Okay, so there is an illusion of a partial success. So we could probably argue that the fear underneath the discomfort is what, Robert? The fear underneath the discomfort. Yeah, because the discomfort's the symptom. But what's really holding you back? You know, when you think about it, forget about getting lost now. Anything we procrastinate, what's holding us back? Fear. like Fear of what, though? I'm making you work here. Fear of failure? Oh, boy. Look at you. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. It is fear of failure because by not starting, you're taking success off the table. So actually, you're guaranteed to fail. But by telling yourself, I'm going to do it next week, you don't have to actually look at the fact that you could fail at the task. You could get lost. You could make a mistake. You could um, have a bad date, whatever it may be. So what's really driving the car, and I'm glad you arrived at that on your own, because I think it's going to be a good one to consider, is it's not just discomfort. It's fear of failure. Mm-hmm. The discomfort sure. stems from something. Because if I get lost, I don't like it. But it, it's not loaded for me. It's just more annoying. Like, I'm lost. I'm going to lose time now. But from what you're telling me, it's more loaded. So we could um, hypothesize that something in your head, which you would probably call a critical voice, would say something like what, Robert? 
Um, something like uh, white. Uh, oh my goodness, uh, so many of them. Um, ah, you know you're gonna get lost. You know you can't do it. You know you're not gonna be able to get there. Ah, uh, don't even bother. Like all those type of. Now, how about if you? How about what would the boys say if you did go in the car and, and you did get lost? What would the boys say then? You did take a chance. You did face your fears, and now you got lost. What's the voice saying? I told you so. You shouldn't have I, done this. You shouldn't have done this. Shouldn't have done this. I told you, and now look, you're lost. And I would get angry. I get angry at the situation. So I know that it, like, anger comes out and anxiety, and it would make me angry. I'd be angry at myself. I'd be angry at. I'd even be angry at my friends who wanted me to go out there. I would yeah. be angry and upset. So. It's funny because you're such an interesting person to talk to because anger, as we know, uh, in psychology, anger is a cover-up for fear or sadness. And I think here we're talking about fear. And if we're talking about the fear of failure, maybe, and I wonder if this makes sense to you, you, we'll check with you, is that when you first get uncomfortable, you're not looking at the fear of failure. Then when you get angry and say, I told you so, and I can't believe someone talked me into this, you're still not looking at your fear of failure, you're trying to deflect it onto it's someone's fault or it was a dumb move. But underneath mm-hmm. that, there's either sadness or fear. I wonder what you think the tender emotion is saying. Is it saying uh, you're just a loser that you can't get somewhere? Is it saying, I'm so sad that I'm not better at this? What, what do you think it is? Um, I, you know, and the funny part is I don't, I, I really don't know what it is because I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why. I don't know if it's coming from sadness. I mean, I know it's fear. I think it's fear, too. I don't think it's sadness. I think it's more fear from what you're telling me. But it would be so wonderful if we could figure out, since we know that avoidance and procrastination comes from fear of failure, what would have you failed at if you got lost? You I don't even, I, I don't even think it's necessarily even the fear, like the fear of failure is, is very prominent. But it's also like, the gen, then I could also play the genuine fear, like, oh, no, I'm lost. Like, I don't want to be lost. Now I'm screwed. Like, okay, this is very awful to say, but I'd say now I'm screwed. I'm lost. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to find my way back. So it's also the fear of failure, but it is also the, the fear of fear. I don't like to be lost. Fascinating. But let's think about that for a moment since it's Therapy Thursday and you're so nice to agree to do this. Um, is that, yeah, it wouldn't be like you're uh, screwed is a big word, but um, you would be lost, but you have a GPS. So you like you, you would, even if you didn't have one, there, there are, so you have a phone, there are solutions. So there's something underneath that because it would be more, otherwise it would be irritating. Like, oh, I'm going to have to waste 20 minutes finding my way back to Montreal or wherever you are. So there's something deeper at play. Would you agree? Does that make sense to you? I do. I really do. It actually, I do think it's something very deep. Like I, logically, on a log- on a cognitive level, I see that you know I would I would find my way back. It would work out. It would be okay. Yeah. But in the moment, there's this complete state of oh my, like dread. Like oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Now I'm all lost. I'm all confused. I'm frustrated. I don't know where I am. So in so that, that, it's like in like that a helplessness. Moment, yeah, it's a helplessness that I don't like. 
Yeah, well, it's not a good feeling to feel helpless. So I do understand you on that. Um, I guess the question would become for you and others is, is it really true that you're helpless? You feel helpless, but are you helpless? I think that's the the really huge question here because feeling helpless is, is like a horrible, horrible feeling. Yeah, it is a horrible feeling. And I yeah. think that the answer to, to your question is no. Like, I'm not helpless. Like, I am not helpless. It's actually a matter of, I think this is where I could really, you know, get some help from you, Sandra, is that I know I'm not helpless. So how do I know that faster? Like, I'm scared to get lost because it's going to take me, uh, like, maybe 10 minutes to realize I'm not helpless. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that we have to redefine what helpless would mean for an adult because it's a big one for an adult. Because, like, where we learn our terror of being helpless is when we're children. So mm-hmm. in our childhood, there are moments where, horrible moments, unfortunately, that happen to children. Uh, you know, just the other day, we, we were a little bit late picking up one of our ch- one of our children from a, a dance class. And, you know, he, he was fine. And it happens. And it's part of developing resilience. But I can imagine in a small five-year-old mind, if the parent doesn't show up when they are supposed to there is a helplessness children are highly dependent and you know if like your parents not there what are you supposed to do there's nothing Mm -hmm. they can do right so we'd have to hypothesize that that part of you speaking is the child part of you speaking that feels scared and alone and helpless Mm -hmm. and in trouble and the question that i would have is could the adult part of you come in and say like, you know, obviously you don't have to sit in your car talking to yourself, but say like, oh, okay, I know you're scared, but I got this. Um, we have the GPS. Uh, it might take us a few minutes to get home, but you know what? Maybe there's a nice coffee shop we can stop off on the way home and turn this into a little bit of an adventure. So again, if it's taking 10 minutes, it's because for 10 minutes you're in your child place, which is completely normal. I certainly go to my child place plenty, but you're not accessing the adult. You're actually believing that you're helpless. So your child actually is getting abandoned by your adults. So that's the thing that you have to work on is where is the adult when you get scared? Oh, interesting to comfort the child. Yes, and you Thank need you. to make, I think that it would be something to consider for you and all of our listeners to make a deal with yourself that you're never going to not be on duty for your child. Because when my child gets scared, there's not always someone there to comfort me. I mean, you know, I'm married. It's lovely if my husband or my friends can comfort me. But sometimes I'm in a car alone or I'm in a, you know, an airplane or wherever it could be. And things come up or, you know, the scary things in life and the child in me gets rattled. Um, many years ago, I made that deal with myself is that, you know, my adult is not going to abandon my child. And I know we sound a little esoteric here, but it, it, there really are those two parts of ourself. Our emotional side is more of our childlike side. And our adult side can really, you know, step in and do what adults do, what, what we did when we picked up our son from the ballets, uh, not ballet, the dance class, is say, you know, um, we're sorry we're late, everything's okay, don't worry, you know, that kind of voice. So you'd have to be mm. able to say that voice to yourself. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's, and it's, um, it's interesting because I I do believe that that and that is what ends up happening, but it's it's delayed. So I guess to to try to get to that adult sooner, almost like being on time for that adult rather than being late for him. 
so when you get lost, to be, be available to the child in you to say, I'm here, rather than have the child wait and fear, be fearful, and then bring the adult in saying, look, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I think that's so. well said, Robert. And I think that yeah. um, one would probably hypothesize if you were sitting in my office and we were spending more time, would be curious to go back in time and understand a little bit the times in your life that you did feel helpless because it's left yeah. a moment on you and as I said we've all felt helpless uh, but some it happens more often than others it's you know well-meaning parents make mistakes and life happens mm-hmm. and your unconscious mind remembers even when our conscious mind doesn't remember mm-hmm. our unconscious mind remembers so you may have just a you know almost um, a phobic response to the feeling of what it feels like to feel helpless it's very scary yeah very scary and very interesting. Like, True. Thank you. I like the fact that you're going to try to work on that adult voice. And I think that yeah. that's very important because, um, you know, I think we could agree that at the end of the day, we really do need to count on ourselves. When we talk about self-esteem, all the episodes of the show, you've been involved in this show since the beginning. It always comes mm-hmm. back to the fact that we need to be there for ourselves. I mean, there's just no real way around that um so if we're in distress i would think more than any other time we would want to comfort ourselves or the alternative is we're going to have to make fear-based decisions mm-hmm. absolutely you know what i was actually just thinking because i remember watching you know one of your anxiety videos that you do with georgia yeah and you guys actually do some breathing techniques and i'm thinking that's a really good strategy to bring my adults quicker is to breathe that is absolutely brilliant robert that's brilliant um we just that's such a good point i want you to talk about that when we come back we don't go away we're just going to take a short break sorry i can't speak uh this is straight talk with sandra reese Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness.
You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Uh, we are back on Straight Talk, and we're talking about fear-based decisions, uh, moving along towards resilient living a resilient life. But I see there's a lot of a lot to talk about in terms of fear-based. Rob, you were talking about breathing strategies before we took a break. Do you want to go back to what you were saying? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, it's very hard when you're obviously in a state of panic to um, to connect with your adults because at that point you are in a childlike state where you're fearful and you're scared. So I think that a really good way from what I've experienced, from what I've seen on your video, like your anxiety DVDs, um, is to breathe and to connect yeah. with your breath and to take a moment to just breathe. And, you know, you did some, there were some really good breathing techniques. That actually, I still do to this, like every day I do them. Um, that actually has really helped me. Um, luckily, I haven't had to use them in a case where I got lost. My GPS has been working quite well. But um, in a case in which I am lost, now I will um, think of, you know, you know what? That's going to help me. The idea of just taking a moment to breathe um, and uh, following my breath before I start to feel vulnerable, helpless, and hopeless. Yeah, well, I think you make a good point, and I think that breathing is something that has to be learned because it's a specific kind of breathing. It's diaphragmic breathing, and the videos yeah. you're talking about are the anxiety-videos.com yeah. uh, videos. If you can't get to us or, you know, you're looking to learn how to do these things, they are. We do have a series on that, again, anxiety-videos.com, it, but you don't have to go with our series. You've got to learn these breathing techniques one way or another, so um, they are a good thing to have in your back pocket, that is for sure. And I think that doing the breathing strategies, I don't even think you realize how valuable what you're saying is, is that actually, again, that limbic system, the fear, flight or fight system, when it's turned on, our more sophisticated and modern system is turned off. And by doing the breathing strategies, you're coming back to that thinking brain. And the thinking brain is the adult, if you will. Uh-huh. So- I think it's a really good point is maybe start with a breathing and then you can come back to the adult. That's, that's really, really very valuable. And that is how we treat anxiety per se. Um, now, another thing that people do with fear who live fear-based lives, they procrastinate, but they also, they, they have a plan and then they let an emergency come up. They just invite a drama into their life so that they don't, they were about to do it. And they'll say things like, oh my God, I was about to do it, but you'll never believe this huge drama happened at home or this huge drama happened at work. And I wanted to do it, but I, an emergency came up. What do you think of that? Well, I'm guilty of that myself. Uh, to be very honest, so I totally um, believe that's true. Uh, it's so I, it's so interesting because I do think it's subconscious. Yes, of course. It's, um, it's subconscious, but it's true. Like all of a sudden, there is this emergency coming up, and then I don't have to deal with my own stuff. Right. But timing has always been very good. I have to say, for these emergencies. Yeah. 
What do you mean by that? Explain. Well, I mean, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, you know, um, I'm very anxious about something. I'm like, okay, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do this. And then, like, my aunts will call me and tell me about something. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that happened? I can't believe it. That's, that's terrible. Yeah. Now I don't have to really worry about, you know, my anxiety or facing my anxiety or facing my fear because I have something else that's more important. My aunt right. has a bigger problem. Right. So it's another avoidance tactic, really. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that, okay. that I'm starting to recognize, you know. Okay. Very good, good point because... I'm starting to recognize that one when my aunt is calling every time I want to do something that's out of my comfort zone. She's calling me and I have a crisis with her. I'm starting to realize that um, I might be avoiding. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's really progress, Robert. So that's really, really good. So, you know, possibly we would say even if your aunt calls and you're about to, you know, clean clean up something in your house that you've been avoiding for two months to maybe tell yourself you'd call her back after you finish mm-hmm. the task. Good one. Um, another thing that stops people is they, they have an idea and then um, of something they want to do. And then the next thing that pops in their head is something like, what will mom think about it? What will dad think about it? What will my peers think about it? Um, and there's a humongous fear of judgment from others that stops us. And I think this is really common because, um, you know, there are, unfortunately, humans do judge and they don't always agree with our decisions that we make. And it is very scary. Mm-hmm. Has that played a role for you? I mean, you know what? Yes. Like I, was, I like it has to, with some of the people in my life, um, so yes, I do, you know, the judgment and like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. It's just doing this. It's just doing that. So I, I, I get the, I, I see the judgment for it and, and I technically, I avoid the people who judge too. So I don't get involved. Okay. Well, that's good. I think that sounds like a good strategy because we can't, you know, <laughs> we can't. When we make our decisions out of judgment, we're not really living true to ourselves. So, I mean, those are some of the tips to think about if fear is running your life. And I'll just add a few more is that people who live fear-based life are always trying to achieve a, a level of perfection that's absolutely unreachable. Like, you know, uh, be it look the best, make the most amounts of money, have the cleanest house, nicest car, never get lost. These are impossible feats. So it's a sign of somebody who their fear is running their show. If if you keep striving to Mm -hmm. reach impossible standards, that is a very big sign of this problem. Mm -hmm. What do you think of Oh my goodness! My, um, well, my thought, to be very honest with you, is um, you know I'm thinking right now how you know even like even right now talking about this is making me anxious. Really? Yeah. Oh, could like, you tell us about it? I get anxious. Like I just feel like I'm, I'm actually thinking about my anxiety, and it's giving me anxiety. Oh my God! Okay, so yeah. let's take let's take a moment. It's a real life moment. The real therapy Thursday. So, what is it about this conversation that's making you anxious? I don't know. Like, I'm starting to like have like I'm starting to think about my anxiety. <laughs> like I'm starting to think about it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's making me anxious about because you're thinking, thinking about, about your anxiety, or you're thinking about the unrelenting standards or your goals. What what's, I think what's, I'm thinking of the unrelenting standards. Okay, I'm thinking of you know how critical I can be, how critical others could be. 
how yeah. I'm trying to reach a certain perfection or trying to get or are very hard on myself. And yeah. really, it's like, wow, like, oh my goodness. Like, yes, it's true. Like, I don't want to get lost. To me, it's not acceptable. And it's, uh, I'm, okay. I want that. It's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm hard on myself. So I'm seeing from this conversation how hard, yeah. yes, other people could be on people, or but I'm also very hard on myself. And it's yeah, really please. hard. We're usually hardest on ourselves. So, you know, maybe we should practice right now what we were just talking about is if we could take a breath together. This is real live radio, but let's do it. Okay. 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 Breath into our diaphragm. Let's do it. Okay. Maybe one more, Rob. Good. Okay. So one of the things here that what triggered you it sounded mm-hmm. like is the high standard so mm-hmm. if you go back to what the previous segment was about is about bringing an adult in mm-hmm. a kind loving adult what would a kind and loving adult say to somebody who had standards that were like near impossible to reach what would that loving adult say i think they they would say that you are doing, just being, you're doing, you're doing good. You're, you're, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of your, you even trying something new. Yes. Whether you succeed or fail, whether you get there or you don't get there. Proud of you. Yes. Yes. You want to say that one more time because that was fabulous. Yeah. So I, I think it really is. I'm proud of you. And no matter whether you, whether you succeed or whether you fail or whether you somewhat succeed, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for trying and I'm proud of you for taking a chance on you. Yeah, and I think taking that's very loving because I think success or failure are almost irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, the real success is in trying. And um, I think that I notice your voice is a little bit more even now. Are you feeling a little tiny bit better than yeah, you were like, about a minute ago? Yes, I am. It's so interesting because when you were talking before, I was actually getting very hard on myself. And my yeah. anxiety really was starting to act up because I was thinking, no, but it's not okay. It's not okay to get lost. It's not okay that you can't get to this place. It's not okay. And it's like, oh, my God, okay. Whew. Yeah. Critical voice. It's Breathe. tough. It's tough. And, you know, like we all like make mistakes and we all like face challenges and and, that you know, we don't always make the right decisions. We don't always do things right. And I think that the only way to navigate life, and I think you just demonstrated that so well for the Straight Talk listeners, is Mm -hmm. to say it's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Just what you're loving out of life. It's okay. It's okay. I got you. It's okay. Yeah. We'll get through this. And and uh, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of uncertainty, fear of judgment, criticism, rejection is going to always make people avoid trying anything. Um, I think we're yeah. starting a little bit to talk about resiliency here is when you start to move towards things, you become stronger. And even when it doesn't work out, those are the best moments for learning real strength because you survive difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, there's this very good quote that's like, always a lesson, never a failure. And I think, you know, talking to you, and I think this is what I always love about Therapy Thursday with you, is I always get this aha moment. And for me, the aha moment right now, which I guess will lead to resilience, is um, that it's, you know, it's okay to get lost, and it's okay 
to, um, to be anxious, as long as you don't allow fear to control you and live a life of fear and make fear-based decisions, just, you know, just get into the car, just go to the place you want to go to. And if you get lost, you know, be there for your, for yourself and show yourself love and compassion. You got it, Robert. You You got it. You got it. Listen to him. He got it. He's just brought it right home. Uh, Don't go away. We're going to have a brief talk about some resilient uh, strategies, and then we'll probably continue this conversation. We'll have Rob back. Uh, This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Welcome back to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich Therapy Thursday. Our guest, Rob, has just had a really major breakthrough on his 
um, own process with procrastination and living, making some fear-based decision. Um, how would you summarize that uh, breakthrough for you, Rob? You were talking to me on the break about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely summarize it as, you know, really having awareness now that I have to be the parent to my anxiety and meaning that when I'm starting to feel very vulnerable and very scared to be comforting and not critical and not feeding that fear, but rather, you know, you know, um, calming the fear. So that's my awareness now is be my, be my parent, my inner child. That's what I needed the most when I'm lost and scared. And when you got anxious before, the breathing seemed to work for you, which was nice that you know how to breathe and you were able to get into your diaphragmic breathing. So uh, we're not going to be able to get that much into resiliency, but I'd like to sort of introduce the topic because I'm really um, hot on this topic. I like it because I think that we don't teach our kids enough about this, which is the importance of resiliency and what it is. So what it is actually is very related to our previous topic because it's the ability to adapt and bounce back when things don't go as planned. Mm-hmm. And gosh, life, things often don't go as planned. I got to, you know, had a, we had a lecture series last night. You were there, Rob. Um, mm-hmm. Got there, the computer wasn't working. I mean, things happen every day. This, you know, one thing after another happens and it's not as planned. So resilient nope. people, they don't dwell on these situations. They acknowledge the situation. They learn from the mistakes they make. And if they're really good at it, they learn to move on. Um, that's a good skill to have. Oh, very good skill to have. Oh my goodness. And I remember you were struggling with the computer and you were like, you're like, Oh, it's an emergency, but BC seems so calm. I didn't even know it really was an emergency. <laughs> That's funny because I was wondering why you didn't look panicked at all. And actually, it's interesting to you that I seemed calm because I was hardly calm. But I guess somewhere inside, I believe that we will, the show will go on. And the show did go on. We had a beautiful crowd last night. It was a wonderful yeah. night. Um, okay, did, so, yeah. sorry, go ahead, Rob. So they, and you did seem very resilient. You were like, okay, let me try this button with that button. Let me move this with this. <laughs> Like you, you seem resilient in your, in your crisis. So you seem like you, you seem like you had the parent in control. Okay. Well, you know, I was reading an article on resilience and about some of the components of resilience. So let's just very briefly go through what the, what's involved. Okay. There are three elements um, that um, one of the leading psychologists on resilience, her name is Susan Kobasa, says she says that um, one of the first. Uh, element is challenge, that resilient people view difficulty as a challenge, not a paralyzing event. Um, So they think, oh, this is not good. Uh, This is not a good situation. I'm upset. I don't like it. Or I made a mistake. Um, But they see it as a lesson to be learned. So in your example, they get lost. Perhaps they think to themselves, I should have left themselves more time. Um, Or perhaps this is a good opportunity to just slow down. I know for myself, when I, you know, when I'm making mistakes in life, it usually means I'm taking on too much stuff. Resilient people see those errors as opportunities for growth. They do not see it as anything negative about themselves. Interesting, sure. Rob, based on Very what you were saying. So nothing about you. You get lost, not about you. It's This is a challenge. This is not a paralyzing event. This might have been a mistake because I turned right instead of left, but now I know how to navigate this part of the city. 
So it, I like you turn it into an opportunity. Um, the other thing about resilient people is they're, they, 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 they're very committed. They don't just say they're going to do things. They commit to doing things. And they commit to their friendships and their relationships, um, all the things in their life. And it you know gives them something to get up in the morning about. It's very important because they want to honor their commitments. And I, I'll just briefly mention the last one, which is that they definitely believe in something called personal control, that nobody can take your control away. You always have the control. So someone can try to take your control away, but ultimately um, – and, and things happen where you do feel that way. I mean, you know, that that is understandable. But you can look at where do you have control. When someone does take your control away, where do you have control? So the GPS stops working. It's taken your control away. It has. But mm-hmm. where do you have control? If the GPS stops working, where do you have control, Robert? Mm-hmm. Where do you? I could stop at a gas station. I could find a map. Yeah, I could call a taxi. Excellent. No, yeah. And isn't it empowering to imagine that you have that personal control, even when somebody or something, because it does happen. I don't want people, like we're getting to the end here, but I don't want people to think it doesn't happen. Your control can be taken away from you, but you have choices to make at that point, and that gives you back some control. Yeah, good point. And, and Rob, you've been really great on the show and as usual and very open about um, your process. So I'd like to know two things for, from you before we, you know, unfortunately have to start to wrap up, which is one, um, what's going on for you these days? What's coming up? And is there anything that was a particular takeaway you want to highlight? So I think I'll, I'll start with the um, my takeaway. Let's say that my takeaway really is, um, you know, that, I have a lot of takeaways, but some that really are standing out right now is that, you know, it's also not, it's not, you know, not everything is what it is. Like, it's also, there's other ways to look at it. So I could, I don't have to look at it like I'm an idiot, I'm stupid. I could look at it like, you know what, now I learned something about myself if I got lost. I learned now to go left and right. So I have the, the option to the way I look at it. I also have the option to know that I have choices that even if my control is taken away, I could find another option. And like I said before, that there's always that inner child in you that needs the adult to look after them and to breathe, basically. Breathe, connect with yourself, connect with you, become the parent to your inner child, and don't make fear-based decisions. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. What are you up to these days, Rob? Okay, so, um, wow, uh, two big things I'm up to, actually. Um, one will be next Wednesday, November the 2nd, if I remember correctly. I will be speaking at the lecture series. It's free. Um, you'll be there, of course, Sandra. Yeah. What, like what are you talking about, Rob, at the series? So I'm talking about vision of success. So um, basically, if someone wants to go to a restaurant and they don't know how they're going to get there, I will do an imaginary invi- uh, vision on how they would get there. So this actually could help people who have anxiety. So it's also going to help me for sure. Vision of success, if you could see it, you could have it, and that is absolutely true. Um, so I'll be talking about vision of success next week. And then um, a few days later, I'm off with you to Mexico for the third couple retreat. Mm. which is major and extremely exciting, and there's only one spot left. So um, 
you know, this for me, if a couple is in crisis, they need help or they're having a great relationship, but they just want to make sure it's even more solid than it, than it is, then they can't do better than coming to a Sandra Reach couple retreat. Sandra is a couple whisperer, and um, I'm a coach. So we're going to be there at couples retreat, helping you to- have the best relationship you could possibly have. Yeah, okay, so if they want to reach you, where do they call you? They can call me at 514-777-4530. And, um, you know, they could definitely give me a call and no obligation, and we'll see if this is the right retreat for them, or if they want to have any of our services, just give me a call, 514-777-4530. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But before we sign up, I'd like to thank you, Robert, for being so real and so honest about your process. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And thank you so much, Sandra. Um, I always get something out of Therapy Thursday. You're a busy lady. And it's hard. It's, I think now at this point, it's impossible to get an appointment with you. So I will <laughs> definitely eat at my Therapy Thursdays with Sandra Reich. You're very kind. I'd also like to thank all our listeners from all over the world for listening to Straight Talk and invite you all to come back next week. Uh, you can hear this in any prior show as a podcast on my website, on the podcast app of your iPhone, or on iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Um, feel free to drop me a line anytime at info at health4anxietydepression.com. My name is Sandra Reich, and I promise I'll help you to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.